What is hostile profile takeover, and what are some of the other emerging mobile threats? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Dave Jevons. He's CTO and co-founder of Marble Security. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. Tom, it's always a pleasure. So as you know, Dave, everybody today is talking about targeted attacks. What are some of the specific threats that you are seeing in the mobile space now? Well, we're seeing a big increase in targeted spear phishing. We're seeing it against employees inside of companies of all different sizes and in all different industries. We're seeing it in education. We're seeing it in healthcare. We're seeing it in Fortune 500, government contractors, uh, everywhere. Another one that we're seeing are malicious applications, particularly SNS interceptors and redirector type apps. And we're seeing the beginnings of a new type of targeted threat, which is hostile profile takeovers, which allow you to take over all or part of a device. Dave, you mentioned spear phishing. I know it's a specific concern today. What I'd like to hear from you is why are mobile users even more susceptible to these attacks than, say, somebody that's sitting at a desktop or a laptop? Well, Tom, as we know, almost every advanced persistent threat over the last two years has involved spear phishing, targeting employees, a small number of them, sometimes one, two, three, or four employees inside of a company to gain access into a company's networks. And we're seeing targeted spear phishing across all sectors of industry and government, seeing it in healthcare, in education, uh, in state and local government, certainly in, in, um, in all forms of enterprise. And users on mobile devices are much more susceptible to spear phishing attacks for several reasons. The first is people with mobile devices are what I call always on. They're reading their emails in many different places, not just at their desktop when they're in their office. They're reading them in the taxi cabs. They're reading them at the airport. They're reading emails sitting in meetings. They're reading emails after dinner time or when they're watching TV. So they're much more susceptible to getting them and getting them when they're fresh before the site has been detected or taken down. Another reason is the green real estate, frankly, of mobile devices, even of of iPads, but particularly of your Androids and your iPhone smartphones, that screen really makes it difficult for a user to determine if an email address is legit or, more importantly, if a web link is legit. The third reason is that users on mobile devices, particularly in bring-your-own-device environments, will probably have multiple email accounts attached to that device. I've got three or four attached to my iPhone right now. And so there are multiple vectors to target employees, not just through the corporate email system, which may have very high levels of filtering on it, but they may have a personal email address, and an attacker may choose to target users through that personal email address. The fourth reason is there's another alternate way of delivering spear phishing, and that's through SMS. And we're seeing a rise in what we call smishing to SMS phishing, where users are being targeted with text messages that allegedly come from corporate IT telling them that there's a 
for example, update your password, we've done a password reset, or install a new spam filtering profile on your mobile device, please click here. So those are some of the real reasons why mobile users are measurably much more vulnerable to spear phishing attacks than those sitting in a corporate environment on their PC. At the top of this conversation, I mentioned hostile profile takeover. I'd like to ask you about that. If you could tell us about the attacks, please, and why iOS device users especially need to be concerned about these. Well, this is a new type of attack which basically allows you to take over part or all of uh, an iOS device particularly. There are two types of configuration profiles on a on an iPhone or an iPad. One's a configuration profile, the other's a device management profile. A configuration profile is basically can be positioned to a user on a web page. So all you have to do is get a user to visit a web page through a phishing attack, a spear phishing attack, or random visitation to a malicious website. And that profile then is attempted to be installed on their device. Now those profiles can be unsigned. They don't have to be digitally signed. They're not verified by Apple. The user is asked to install it. And, of course, through social engineering, that can be positioned as, here's your security update. Here's your anti-spam update. Uh, here's this new thing that will speed up your iPhone or reduce battery life. There are many different ways to trick a user into clicking install. So all they have to do is click install this profile now, if they have a password set on their device, they have to enter their password. If they don't, the profile is just installed automatically. So you can have a one to two click takeover. And what that profile can do is turn off applications, all the Apple apps. I've got a proof of concept that's running live where I can, if you visit it, I can basically remove your iTunes and put something on there that looks like iTunes that isn't and it can take you to my site where I can then socially engineer your passwords and, and other things. You can turn off Safari security settings, change JavaScript settings, allow untrusted TLS connections, which allows you to start doing man-in-the-middle attacks, install X509 certificates. So there's a whole set of things which were designed for enterprise control but can easily be done by any attacker on any website. But... Things get worse. If you haven't installed an MDM, a mobile device management system, on your user's devices, attackers can install one for you. And that basically is complete device takeover. It allows your user's apps to be replaced or modified. It allows operating system changes. It allows the attackers to delete data on the device. Worst of all, through VPN settings, it can allow an attacker to route all of your users' traffic to man-in-the-middle sites. So we really recommend having a mobile security product on every user's device, even in a bring-your-own-device environment, to protect against hostile profile takeover, to detect it, to alert, and to block it. Well, Dave, we picked on Apple a little bit. Let's talk about Android. What are some of the specific application security risks that you're seeing with Android devices now? Tom, I think the biggest overall problem is the fragmentation of the Android operating system and hardware environment. Now, this is a wonderful thing in that um, 
It, it's an open operating system. Anyone can download it and compile it. Anyone can create a device. The downside of it is that there are over 3,500 different versions of software combined with manufacturers out there, and in some cases, some fragmentation reports, if you combine hardware software, have 10,000 different settings. So these are operating system versions, patch levels, security settings, by all these different vendors and all these different devices, that creates a nightmare for security management and patch management. So that's the biggest problem. And again, back to having a security product on those devices that can help manage and detect the security threats that may be specific to each of these thousands of different versions. We're seeing also a lot more malicious apps in the Android environment. And Google's done a good job with um, their bounce technology on their Play Marketplace to try to detect these, but we know that it's not 100% effective and it never will be. Um, we've also seen examples of apps that behave in one way when they're being analyzed, and then once they've been approved and distributed, they check, talk to a command and control center and behave differently. That happens to be true also on the iOS side. The other issue we're seeing on Android are apps that users choose to load from other app marketplaces. And there are numerous app marketplaces that are legitimate, but there are also well over 100 that we're scanning that are not legitimate app marketplaces that will allow users to download malicious apps. In particular, we're seeing people taking popular paid apps like games, tampering with them, and pushing them back out onto these rogue marketplaces where you can get, it, quote, a game for free, but you've now willingly downloaded malware onto your Android device. Dave, a few minutes ago you mentioned mobile device management. What do you see in addition to MDM as some of the fundamental security controls that organizations need to assess and to mitigate some of these risks? Well, Tom, at Marble, the way we look at it is a layered stack of security is critical. So MDM is your basic. Mobile device management is the basic thing you need to control password enforcements and things of that nature. The next level is mobile application management, which will allow you to push applications that you want to and make sure that they're up to date. And then the top level is mobile security management, and this is a layer of dynamic protection that does things like, for example, application scanning. So looking at a user's device, looking at what apps are on it, and then analyzing those out in the cloud and looking for either malware or, more importantly, risky behaviors so that you can control risk to your network based on application behavior. We call that risk-based authentication where you look at not only the device settings, but also what apps are on it, how the user's accessing things, what are they accessing in the network, how sensitive are they, for example. An IT user might have very more strict uh, controls than a generic user who's only accessing email, for example. And then you also need to look at things like DNS security, providing real-time anti-phishing feed, even if the user is not using your email system and is using a Wi-Fi hotspot somewhere else. So those are some of the controls that 
need to be dealt with and implemented and assessed according to the risk of users in this new hostile environment we face. Well, hostile environment's a key word. Uh, and the final question I have for you, we've talked about hostile profile takeover, spear phishing. How do you see the threat landscape taking shape now as we walk toward 2014? Well, Tom, what I'm seeing is certainly a rise in more and more malicious applications, and we're also seeing much more risk around privacy-leaking applications. So these are apps that might be legitimate, but that can effectively copy the entire address book of a user off the device and send it out to some place on the network. If that's connected to Active Directory, they basically uploaded your entire corporate directory out there, which creates perfect fodder for spear phishing. Spear phishing is definitely on the rise. I've seen some surveys recently that we worked with that up to 46% of companies that were, were surveyed are seeing an uptick in spear phishing that they know about. Um, we're also seeing uh, the rise of network attacks in 2014. So these are DNS-based attacks and man-in-the-middle attacks and sidejacking attacks. These are primarily users on open Wi-Fi networks. And what we're finding is that as more BYOD is happening, as more mobility is coming into the enterprise, users are using up to 10 different networks a month. And IT probably controls one of them. So there's a big risk there. And then lastly, just specifically, I'm seeing a lot more adoption of mobile in the healthcare environment and um, HIPAA compliance is dreadfully poor on those mobile devices. Dave, as always, you've got a great perspective. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Tom, it's always a pleasure. The topic has been emerging mobile threats, including hostile profile takeover. I've been talking with Dave Jevons, CTO and co-founder of Marble Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.